What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K at the Lincoln Financial Field. The Eagles open the season up with a win over the Washington Redskins. The final score was 32 to 27, and I um, might have made, made the mistake of declaring it a loss for the Eagles early on in the first half. I, needed, like I called myself out right right when I noticed that that was the wrong take. Uh, but it was a you know it was a interesting start to the season for the Eagles. They started off slow. They went down first 14 to zero, and then. 20 to 7 at halftime, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the main story here, we're probably going to talk about him a lot, so we might as well just jump right into talking about him. Nathan Gary? Yeah. <laughs> Did he, he played a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah, he played. He played, <laughs> played. Deshaun Jackson. Like, he, like, the expectation was that he would score a touchdown. I think he exceeded expectations quite a bit. Yeah, he uh, he was like a guy that everybody kind of figured would be very involved in that first drive, and it took a while to get going, but, man... You know what? Deshaun got a huge ovation when oh, he yeah. came, when he was welcomed into the link today. Not in, surprisingly, in retrospect, it should have been significantly larger. Um, you know, he's a guy that I think is going to change this offense exponentially, and you saw it today. Just his presence, yeah, his presence. You know what? And guys want to play with him too. You know, Nelson Aguilar, who has everything to lose from a number standpoint, was just effusive in his praise of Deshaun after the game. And I think, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where where Deshaun is a guy that makes everyone better around him because of what he's able to do and the fear that defenses have of him. I should say he – so after he talked about, like, how um, antsy he was for this first game, obviously there's been such a buildup. He's been thinking about this for her since he left. Um, and he said he – like, you know, he had a penalty in the beginning of the game. It was a bad penalty. He reacted to a guy who, who shoved him, and he actually had yeah, a back. Quinn Dunbar. Quinn Dunbar. He actually knew him from, I don't know if Dunbar's from California or something, but he, like, mentioned that. He was a rookie. Yeah, Deshaun's he, like, was really confident. He's like, you know, I, I got that first down on him, and I talked some smack, and then he came back, and I shoved him back. And he's like, I just needed to get that out of my system. That And he said that really calmed him down, actually, <laughs> like, getting that out of the way. Yeah. And then, I mean, you could tell because, you know, first, that first touchdown, so he had his first touchdown was a 50-yard bomb from Carson Wentz. It was a great throw. Deshaun said it actually was supposed to go to Alshon Jeffrey, but the way the coverages, coverage was, they like saw that something changed, and, and Deshaun went deep, and Carson found him in stride, and he, he just like it was just a great feeling crossing the plane to the end zone. And, and that was like where they, they were still losing, and they still were a little slow after that, but you kind of could feel the thing shifting a little bit. And, and then it got into halftime, and Deshaun was one of a few people who spoke to the team. Another one was Lane Johnson, whose whose message was "Get your your poop together." Is the G-rated version, I would say. Uh, but Deshaun was like, "It only takes one play," which is kind of funny considering that it was like his one play is pretty much what won the game for them. And then the next the next one was a fifty three yard touchdown from Carson. Like those two, like we we talked all preseason, all training camp, even dating back to mini camp. Like that connection is real. Like those dudes really enjoy playing with each other. You know, people close to Deshaun Jackson have said he's never had a quarterback on Carson. He talks about that to people he, he knows and respects. And you can just see it on the field. Like, they, they just really enjoy playing with each other. And you can just tell Carson Wentz, like, he's never had a deep throw like this. And Carson Wentz has aired out balls before, and he doesn't have guys who, he didn't have guys who could go and get them. Torrey Smith would get DPIs forced on him, which is cool, but not as cool as a 50-yard bomb. Yeah, I, I think... The thing we I, I, I'm listening to you say like he's never had a deep threat. Like there's no deep threat like Deshaun, period. Yeah. So if you have not played yeah, with him, you fair. haven't. You know but, what I mean? but you know what I mean, obviously, yeah. Um 
what I like about Deshaun so much, or like his impact on on the game, is that later on you eventually saw coverage being like, whoa, we need to put this guy in check even worse than we were before. And I think Zach Ertz kind of was able to to get loose a little bit. Alshon Jeffrey got loose a little bit. The, the story of this game is Deshaun. But, I mean, Carson Wentz coming back after after missing every game since week 14 of last season and settling in, a lot of us kind of took for granted the lack of preseason time. And that's fine, because I don't think he, he would have gotten enough reps to really find his rhythm anyway. Um, I still don't think that was a mistake, given his injury history. The first half was his preseason. Right. That's exactly what I was getting to. Yeah. I, I, I exact, exactly, Zach. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, once he got into a rhythm, sometimes you just need that momentum shift sometimes. And I think sometimes you need that momentum shift sometimes. Um, <laughs> sometimes. 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 You know, he got hit a couple of times. He was able to throw down field. He was able, even before the big throw down field, he was connecting with Deshaun Jackson. That's dangerous. I mean, so Deshaun's final numbers were eight catches for 10 targets. He was far and away the most targeted for 154 yards and two touchdowns. I, I know he had a couple of games where he had more yards than that, but that this is one of his best games as an Eagle, which is saying a lot. Um, yeah, I think Alshon said this is the first time in several years that a player's caught two fifty-yard touchdowns in a game or something. I like mean, that. so Deshaun is second all-time in NFL history, right? In fifty-yard touch, he passed Randy Moss today. I think he's at twenty-one behind Jerry Rice, who's actually like a mentor to Deshaun. He like has taught him route running and stuff like that. A little interesting side thing, but uh, so Carson Wentz, you know, you talked about him a little bit. So he he looked mobile again. He, he like anytime you ask him, like, do you feel like uh, you're running like you did? For the knee injury, he's always like, I don't know, I don't think there's been that much of a difference, but I think you could tell he's more willing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the the touchdown throw to Osha Jeffrey was a phenomenal throw where he, he evaded the rush, he was moving, he kept his eyes downfield, he threw a bullet, it was like kind of double coverage, there was two guys there at least, yes, it was and he like coverage. placed it perfectly in his arms, and it was a really good touchdown, and then the you, you uh, we were talking about the Alshon play where it was ruled a run. Yeah, it was a lateral. Which Carson was like, that's news to me. I didn't know that. I guess we'll have to yeah. deal with that. But uh, but it, it was – that was a simple play. But the point being, like Carson Wentz, once he got, you know, the, the beginning part out of the way, he was just in a groove and he looked as good as he has since 2017. I think this was only – which is kind of a crazy stat. It's only the second time he's had over 300 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions in his career. Only second time. But he finished 28 of 39 for 313, three touchdowns, zero picks. I mean, you have to feel pretty good about this as you head into the rest of the season and that he opened. Because the, the whole thing was, oh, he's going to come out and he's going to be bad because no preseason. I don't even think he was bad in the beginning. They were just rusty. That's all it was. And then he's fine and he looks like the MVP candidate they need. Nelson Aguilar said after the game, I'd rather have a team that closes than a team that starts off fast. And I think that's what this team is. He says they still want to put everything together. Obviously, that in an ideal world, that's what you do. But this team's dealt with so much adversity over the last three years and come out better for it that I think, I mean, I don't think they really sweated the the, the first half. I really don't. Uh, I turned to you at one point and said, I, I really never felt like they were going to lose this game just because they got down so quickly. You know, it's not like the Redskins are a very good team. Like, yeah. if look this, at the guys that were getting those touchdowns for the right. Redskins. If this team was the Cowboys, who I think are very talented, I don't think there's any way they come back down 17 points. But 
that's still, you know, it's still a three-score game. You had three quarters left in the there, game. There were boos. There were definitely some boo birds. Uh, but that, I, I always say that I know nationally Philly gets a bad rap for that stuff, but you deserve it if you start off the first game of the season down 20-7 to seven to the Redskins. Yeah, Malik Jackson <laughs> was not happy to see that. Malik Jackson, who was carted off the field after the game, just said he had an injury. wouldn't specify what type of injury, we should say. I know that was a big thing on Twitter. Yeah, because it happened. It, he kind of, like, snuck out on the car. I don't think anybody knows it's happening. Yeah, we <laughs> talked to him. He seemed fine. Yeah. Um, but then again, so is J.H.I. Yeah, I know. It's, that's the thing. It's so tricky. Is, so has Cravon LeBlanc. So you never know. Um, but luckily, um, another guy that I think is the story of this game is Timmy Jernigan. I know it was one sack, but that kind of gave the defense some sort of, you know, establishment. Well, well, tell him when the sack was. Well, so, okay, so the the Redskins were driving again after that Deshaun touchdown, and, um, you know, the Eagles kind of fumbled away, but they didn't actually fumble, a an opportunity to score a second time on a drive. They, they punted, the Redskins moved all the way down the field, and, uh, you know, scored a field goal, but before that, uh, they were in really close field goal range, and Timmy Jernigan got a sack for minus 10 yards, um, and it got them out of field goal range. They ended up getting back into field goal range and kicking a field goal, but talking to the guys in the locker room, that was a big deal to this Eagles defensive line who's seen Timmy Jernigan deal with the struggles that he has and, and you know deal with adversity, and I think it was kind of a big deal for them to be able to uh, see a guy like that have success. Obviously, from there, they – basically shut down the Redskins defense or the Redskins offense, which was impressive. Yeah, so the Redskins scored a touchdown. It was pretty much in garbage time at the end, but otherwise uh, the Eagles shut them. Because Case Keenum was, we should probably talk a little bit, because I think if there's any concerns you can take out of this game, it would be the secondary. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started out, he was picking them apart, the middle of the field especially. Um, the touchdown to Vernon Davis, um, Andrew Sandejo just like gave up on the play halfway through. Yeah, initially I thought his you knee... You thought he was hurt. You were trying yeah. to give him some benefit of the doubt, and he didn't deserve it, I don't think. Um, so he, like, stopped covering Vernon Davis, and then Vernon Davis caught the ball, leaped over Ronald Darby, and then ran the rest of the way for, like, 50-something yards. And then there was a deep ball to Terry McLaurin, where it was alone with Rizul Douglas, and he just straight-up burned him. And Rizul didn't have a great... Ha- Rizul started the game and didn't really play that much in the second half, where Sidney Jones came in in the second half. But And Sidney Jones wasn't great either by any stretch, I don't think. But Case Keenum had like 250 yards in the first half, and leading it up to the last drive where he got most of his yards in the second half, I think he had only like 300, so they shut him down. They, this is kind of what they did a lot last year. They would, they would have some weird plays, and then they would kind of shut them down the second half. And, but last year, the offense was never like getting going. So if they can get those things going together. But how, how concerned are you about how the secondary looked? Secondary was bad. Yeah. Um, Sunday was not good. Yeah, well, Zendaya, you and I have said this in the podcast before, I don't think he should ever be in deep coverage. He played a lot today, too. He played a ton. And, you know, it's one of those things where this team misses Cravon LeBlanc because you could probably have Avante Maddox be that third safety in those looks. Um, And then, you know, from a cornerback perspective, Ronald Darby was coming back. I thought he played... He had some flashes, yeah. Yeah, I thought he played okay. He dropped a near interception. Um, Look... We were surprised when Rasul was starting the game because the impression that we got was from that, Doug, yeah, yeah, that Sidney Jones was going to be that guy. Um, you know, I've we've been very big advocates of Rasul's, but he did not play well today. Neither did Sidney Jones. Neither did Avante Maddox, really, no. which was surprising. Um, 
he was dealing with some cramps at some point. Uh, but, you know, they came back and... Um, I think this is a team that is going to win based on their pass rush and not their coverage, and that happens. Um, I'd say the same thing for the Cowboys. But, you know, when your linebackers aren't that good and, you know, you've got to be able to cover. And I just – I don't know, man. Nigel Brown did not have a good game today. Uh, The linebackers didn't really make an impact in general. I mean, they played more safeties. But, yeah, I mean, but Bradham, he's just not good in pass coverage. I mean, he he missed some tackles against the run yeah. too. Um, he led the team of seven, which well, it happens yeah, when yeah. you get run on yeah. as often as they were. Yeah. Um, oh, it, they did shut the rushing game down, so the Redskins only had twenty eight total rushing yards. Yeah, they did well against the run. Yeah. I, I don't think that was that was the more issue. D-line, probably, I think though. Yeah. I think the coverage in general though was pretty awful. The tackling was not good. I mean, you can look at the stats, but the tackling was not good. I mean, I feel like Bradham had seven. Something. Zach Brown was second with two in terms of linebackers, and nowhere the linebacker got a tackle. Yeah, I mean, Vinnie Curry made an impressive play against the run for a one-yard gain. Fletcher Cox didn't look like he missed a beat, by the way. He was still pretty dominant. You can't really see it in the numbers, but. I spoke to him after the game, and he, he feels really, really good. Like, <laughs> really good after the game. He, he said that he felt like he came out and showed that he was healthier than a lot of people expected him to be. Uh, like I said, I think Timmy Jernigan is going to be a huge story for this team. I think eventually he will get more snaps than Malik Jackson really? even. Um, you think he's going to become the starter? Yeah. But, I mean, the starter in this rotation doesn't really yeah. matter unless it's Fletcher, unless you're, you know, you're Fletcher Cox. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I saw some positive signs with Derek Barnett. Yeah. Uh, he bulldozed Donald Panic at least three he's times. He's moving really well, yeah. Yeah, he looks good. Um, I thought Brandon Graham played a very good game. For the most part, they weren't getting much in the beginning. They weren't getting much pass rush, and then Timmy Jernigan kind of opened things up a little bit. Josh Sweat uh, drew a holding call, but that wasn't. That was more of bad technique by the offensive lineman than him actually getting there. Um, you know, I, this is one game. Yeah, um, and it's against the Redskins. Yeah, uh, we, should, we should talk about. Uh, we should flip back to offense real quick. Yeah, Jordan game, Howard. Just the running game in general is okay. like one of the more interesting storylines. So. We should have all – so the, the whole offseason we spent talking about is it going to be Jordan Howard, is it going to be Miles Sanders, when are you going to turn it over to Miles Sanders? And we forgot the most obvious thing is that Darren Sproles is, is number one in Doug Peterson's heart. So he was, he was the featured back again. And Doug attributed that, you know, he said they had specific packages that they thought were going to work or did work, and he, they were his packages, which is kind of part of it. Um, but – uh, you know, he, at first it, he wasn't looking, he was looking like a 35 year old running back. And it was again, like, why are you playing this guy so much? And I still think they played him too much, even though he looked good towards the end of the game. Like he should not be your featured back, especially cause you know, it was really strange cause Jordan Howard had two carries in the first half. He looked really good on both of them, better than Miles Sanders did for most of the game. And he didn't really get a carry again until the second half, even though they had a bunch of short yarded situations, which is Jordan Howard's specialty. But you know, at the end of the day, they all wound up like splitting even carries. You know, Miles Sanders had 11 carries for 25 yards. He had a touchdown that was called back because of a J.J. Arcega white side hold, which I, the call was a little iffy, but it probably was a hold. Yeah, Nelson um, Aguilar didn't even know it was Jordan Howard, I think, ran the ball the best probably. He had six carries for 44 yards. Sproles had nine carries for 47. He had a few really impressive runs. But, like, going forward, I still think you got to feature Howard and Sanders more. 
So I spoke to Sproles and Howard after the game. Uh, Sproles said that he did feel really rusty coming out, um, which I, I think was evident, as you said. But he said as he started to get some of those punt returns, he started to shake some of the rust off. They, were, they did a couple of delayed runs, kind of in consecutive plays, and he looked good there. He got a 17-yard run on one of them. Uh, Jordan Howard says was actually happy about the timeshare. He said, I, I think this is going to add – I mean, I asked him if it was going to add years to his career. He's like, yeah, I think so, because my first two years, I was basically getting the ball every play. And so I think I think there are positives and negatives to this committee. I tweeted out at one point, hey, it's great to have a committee. The committee works. You just have to let a guy get into rhythm. And that's what they did with Darren Sproles. And they had a drive where you brought up the Alshon Jeffrey touchdown. touchdown. No, 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 no. The Alshon Jeffrey <laughs> uh, catch with, with Carson on the run, that drive was basically built up by them consistently running the football and getting Sproles into a rhythm and getting Miles Sanders into a rhythm. And I think Miles Sanders flashed. He also had some mistakes. He had, he had a 19-yard 19, 19 run that was really impressive, but a lot of it was the blocking was unreal. Right, yeah. and then he also had a really terrible drop. Yeah. There were some miscues. He's a rookie. Yeah, he's a rookie, and I talked to Jordan Howard, and Jordan Howard said, you know, Stuff like that's going to happen. You just got to keep building momentum. So he's been encouraging the rookie. I think the running game will work. I think this was just a situation where they were getting down early, and Doug Peterson said that he wanted to stick. I mean, Doug Peterson stuck with the run, and sometimes it's tough to get out of that hole, but they slowly but surely chipped away, and eventually they were able to build a scoring drive out of it. Yeah, so another thing that was like a big topic of conversation was how they're going to share the wealth with all these receivers. I think you're going to see a change week to week who kind mm-hmm. of the dominant guys. It was Deshaun this week. Zach Gertz started, you talked about it a little bit, how Deshaun kind of opened it up for him, and then he started, he had a really good catch that almost looked like the Super Bowl touchdown he had, but he didn't score. Um, but so this is how it was split up. So Deshaun had 10 targets, Zach Gertz had seven, Austin Jeffrey had six, Dallas Goddard only had three, and he wasn't really a big part. There was a throw that Carson Wentz had to him that was perfect, but the defender uh, hit it out of the sideline. Mm-hmm. Um, Nelson Aguilar had five targets for only two catches. Um, I mean, did that did it surprise you just how much they were targeting Deshaun, or do you think that was – I mean, if it wasn't the game plan, he was, just, like, pretty open. So, so pretty... I, I want to rewatch the game, but it seemed like – and I asked Nelson about this afterwards. It seemed like he was doing a lot of stuff away from the ball. And I think that's what you, the type of mindset you gotta have. You're gonna have to have as a wide receiver or tight end in this offense because there are gonna be times where you don't get targeted and you have to do something with it. It's like being a basketball player away from the ball. You have to kind of set up plays and, and help yourself, assist yourself with, you know, shot selection. Nelson did some really good job blocking in this game. They used him in pre-snap motion quite a bit. There were a couple of short yardage plays where it looked like they could use that, you know, reverse with him that they like doing. Um, it didn't really surprise me because there's only so many, you know, targets you can give out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah. not like... I mean, he threw the ball 39 times, so... Right. Like, and so Deshaun gets 10 of them. That doesn't leave many for the rest of the guys. So. Yeah, and I mean, he, he threw, what, seven to Ertz and then six to... Jeffrey, so Jeffrey. that's like the bulk of his throws. Yeah, that's 23 throws right yeah. there. Um, And what, something that Carson did really well, even when he was struggling, was move the ball around. He did a really good job. He targeted seven different wide receivers, seven different tar- receivers, receivers yeah. in in the first half, and then eight overall. Eight overall yeah. um, that's something that I think receivers want to get up for. As you know, as a receiver, you want to be able to be involved in the offense, and Carson does a really good job of that. That's one of the most underrated characteristics of his performance 
it, it, overall and during his early career is getting guys involved. I mean, I know we made a big deal out of them targeting Zach Ertz a ton last year, but realistically, you go with what works. Yeah. The, if, if Ertz is what happens to be working, you keep going to him. Right. And everything seemed to be working once the second half started. And I think that's what's impressive. I mean, to, to outscore a team 25-7 to in a second half is really impressive. It's one thing to get up early because you're, you're, your scripted plays are working. But it's another thing when uh, the poop hits the fan and you've got to adjust. <laughs> to quote me from earlier. Yeah, yeah. And, and you need to adjust. And I think this team, and Alshon said he was never worried. Uh, I'm sure Deshaun, you know, parroted that. Nelson Aguilar said that it, was, it ain't no thing. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's one of those things where if you have to rely on the running game or you have to rely on the passing game, both sides of this this Eagles offense know how to adjust and know how to deal with adversity. So, so Deshaun had an interesting comment about, like, part of the reason why he's so happy to be back here is that he's on a team now that when you go down seventeen to, to or fourteen to zero and then twenty to seven, that no, nobody is worried about it. Like he he pretty much said that was is not what it was like in Washington and Tampa, which makes sense because those teams are, did he make the playoffs at all in those seasons? Maybe, made, maybe like once with the yeah, Redskins. Yeah, with the Redskins. Like. It's just a different cult, especially with like Doug Peterson has cultivated this culture where if they go down, the game's not over. And maybe, you know, they're never getting blown out. Like, they weren't getting blown out. Maybe if, like the Saints game, they were never coming back against last year. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rare that happens. Um, but I will say, you know, to touch on Doug, I, I do think we need to talk about the slow starts again. Like, it, it looked almost identical to those. And it's the first week, so we'll take it for, with a grain of salt for now. But I still think there were some questionable things that happened in, that, in the beginning of that game. Um, I, th- I think I read that they were the worst, the lowest scoring team in the first quarter last year. They only had 41 points total in the first. They didn't add to that total today. Mm-hmm. They didn't score. Uh, Doug had a few questionable play calls where he does the thing where it's, it's third and one or fourth and short, and he does a run to the outside or a throw behind the line of scrimmage. And I don't know if anything aggravates the fan base more than when they do that. It, I, it's like the first drive is always scripted, right? So like I, I just don't get why they weren't taking shots. I think they wanted to set up the run, and I think they view the short was, yeah. the short yardage passes as part of the run game. I think that was something they probably saw in film. They knew that they had the wide receiver talent, obviously, to make things work. But they really wanted to set up the running game. They wanted Miles Sanders to build some confidence. They wanted Darren Sproles to shake off the rust because he hadn't played in the preseason. And I think that Campbell en- ended up actually paying off because they were able to get into rhythm. You know, you mentioned the, the run by Sanders. That was an impressive run. You you know, we mentioned the 17-yard run by Sproles. Uh, those guys were getting into rhythm, and I, I think that that benefited them as the game went on because you know you can rely on, on your passing game because you trust Carson Wentz just, you know, organically, and then you have so much talent at the wide receiver and tight end positions that you know, like, hey, if they get down in a in a in a hurry, you can come back because you have the, the targets to to get the ball to. Yeah. So you, I know you did a quarterback report card. What uh what'd you wind up giving Carson for the? I know when you asked me, I think it was around like the second or third quarter. You you were leaning towards like BB plus. I'm guessing it got higher than that by the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We give him an A. Yeah. We give him an A. Um, look, he he finished the like. If I told you that. If you watched that game and I told you Carson was 12 of 18 for like 112 yards and a touchdown, would you have believed it? I th- he, his performance early was pretty shaky. Yeah. Um, 
But he turned it around. I thought he played three of the best quarters of football that I've covered him with, or that we have, because uh, you, we've actually covered him for the same amount of games because he was injured that week <laughs> oh, one. Oh, that's a good point, yeah, actually, yeah. Um, and so my thing is, I just think that Carson's a guy that needs to get into a rhythm. He's a guy that has great accuracy. He's, his ball placement's great. We spoke to all those experts um, you know, earlier in the week. And he's a guy that makes everybody around him better, but when he's not feeling it, it tends to kind of be like a slow burn. And uh, that second half was impeccable. Like, he, he really played very well uh, down the stretch. So, but Deshaun Jackson is the clear-cut MVP of this game, right? We both agree on that. Well, because, well, and I wrote this in, in, my, in my story, you know, Carson deserves a lot of credit for his yeah. downfield dealing, but so does Car- but so does Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. Being the one that's there, yeah. Just like I think that his early Carson Wentz's early struggles are also attributed to Doug Peterson's play calling too. So I mean I think and his wide receivers. So, I guess so. Desha- uh, Carson mentioned this. I guess Deshaun. I think after that first drive or something like went up to him. He's like, "Find me down the field" or like whatever his, his message was, and they figured out a play. That it, I mean, what the play wasn't even for him, like I said. So. It, when you have Deshaun, you can improvise in that way. You're like, oh, Deshaun's open. I'm going to go down the field now. Well, yeah, you look at the second touchdown. Uh, Deshaun had to slow down and actually, like, wait for the ball. It wasn't really that great of a throw. It kind of, like, it, it felt like Carson kind of, like, he, you know, lost it a bit. Uh, but, again, having that vision and being able to keep the play alive, he looks so good um, from a mobility standpoint. Uh, I had trouble figuring out which uh, – passing play I thought was more impressive most impressive between the first touchdown and the second touchdown to Jeffrey where he kind of threw across his body and was on the run that throw I, I tweeted it out like this can't be real yeah. you know what I mean like it was such an impressive throw and I don't mean to like you know use hyperbole here but it, that was that was a big boy throw and I think Carson found his rhythm and if they can take this into a game where Atlanta just got just embarrassed in Minnesota, losing 28-12. to 12. Yikes. Uh, like, it, 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 I predicted that they would start 3-0. Three and, three and oh. I'm feeling good about it. I know. I, I'm not feeling great about picking the Falcons to win because I thought they might be – I mean, it's one game, again. Like, the week, weird things happen in week one. I mean, the Eagles the, – the Minnesota's got a good defense, yeah. the, you know. But I feel more confident the Eagles can beat the Falcons next week than I did before this game. Yeah, I mean, you know, Matt Ryan, to me, is both one of the most underrated and overrated quarterbacks. Because everybody's always talking about how underrated he is. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's like one of those guys where you're like, yeah, he's really good. He's in that elite caliber. of, But everybody constantly is talking, like, either he's the MVP or he's, like, the worst guy ever. So it's like, (laughs) it's one of those things. But, uh, yeah, I think... I think building momentum is very, very real. Um, and I think that's what the Eagles did today. All right, we can, uh, we can end on that note. We got some writing to do. But that was a, that was a good start to the season. Um, we're going to get some more podcasts for you guys this week. Uh, leave us some comments. Write us some reviews. We're on all the podcast apps. And uh, thanks for listening, guys.